Hello, and welcome to the Mass Singer Rehap Ups podcast, where every week we get to talk about the good performances, the bad puns, the downright stupid guesses, and all the other nonsense that you may find on your screen Wednesday nights on Fox. I am your host, Puya, the seal, Zanvakili, and I'm not alone. As always, I've got the best co-host, Liana, the angel, Boris. Liana, how are you doing today? Oh, that's so sweet. I think that's been the nicest one um, that you've done so far. Uh, okay, so this is not related to the mass Singer, but I haven't had a chance to complain about this yet, so I'm going to do it here because at least it's related to singing. I... So my smart assisted device by Amazon, uh, I can ask it to play music. And every single... Okay, it started out normal where it would just start playing like random music, blah, whatever. Now, literally, the only thing it plays is 21 Pilots. I'll go, <laughs> uh, name, play music. And then it's like, oh, I have a station just for you. 21 Pilots. And then I go, no, please stop playing 21 Pilots. Then it's like, okay, how about Alternative? And I'm like, all right, sure, whatever. And then it's a 21 Pilots song. My smart device is just obsessed with 21 Pilots, and I don't know how to make it stop. Well, it's, it's indicative of what you listen. You must really like 21 Pilots, right? I don't, I don't. I know. So I was trying to self-reflect upon myself like, oh, maybe I love 21 Pilots. I don't think I love 21 Pilots. I think the smart device is trying to make me love 21 Pilots for some reason. I just don't know why yet. Well, while this 21 Pilots conundrum has raised 21 questions for me um, to go back to. So you liked the intro. You liked being the angel. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like, yeah, I like that. All right. Well, it had, it- I'm sorry. I feel like we're really glossing over this whole 21 pilots thing. <laughs> I thought your transition was good, but this is like a real problem. Is it though? <laughs> Do you want to listen to nothing but 21 pilots? No, but you know, you could always just not use the voice activation and play it manually and have it play on your voice activation device. I, I know, but then I have to pick something. I, I want, what is the point of technology if it can't curate music for me? This Ugh, is, I'm just lazy. Problems of the first world descent right here. I know. Well, the 21st world. There's a t- I don't look. I don't know. Okay, let's talk about the mass singer. This is too much banter. We know people don't like banter. Yeah, we're gonna need 21 pilots to fly past this. There we go. There we go. Yeah, I'm getting better at my job. Um, yeah. So, but by the way, just so we don't gloss over this part, you're the angel because of David Boreanaz. So we got into mass singer this hey! week. <laughs> no, no, we're glossing. We're moving on. <laughs> so. Um, interesting developments here in the Mass Singer. We get to we're, we have four people facing off, four performers, and when I say face off, I mean face off. We're going back to two v twos, which I didn't know how I felt about initially finding this out. Um, we end up getting the Leopard versus the Flamingo and Rottweiler versus the Flower is what's announced to us before we find out that we have a, a co judge, guest judge in the form of Joel McHale making a return. And before the Nick Cannon entry. Now, I just wanted to know, because I don't, I try and not look anything up. So I had no idea this was the way we were going to do it this week. What were your thoughts when we were introduced to this? Yeah, I didn't know that we were going to go back to the face off Smackdown thing. I thought that that promotion by Fox was over and done with. So I didn't think we were going <laughs> right. to be going back to that. Well, but I was trying to remember from season one. Did they do that at the final eight for season one as well? I honestly would not be able to tell you without peeking over the wiki. 
I don't uh, remember. I feel like it must have been, but f- for some reason, because of the fact that we moved away from it after the first introduction to these performers, I genuinely thought, okay, that format's gone. We're going to be doing this new thing now. But then we came uh, back. Okay. Yeah. So, so the way that it worked um, for saying season one was they, there were only 12 contestants. So they had six and six and they did a matchup there. I think it seems to be whenever it's, uh, it's even, they like to do some sort of matchup. Um, so, you know, I mean, I'm not surprised. I always wonder how it might change the votes. Right. So we've talked about this with Big Brother all the time, where if you have a direct head to head versus, um, you know, you allow everybody to get votes, how that might change. But um, but yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, I guess to go back to the whole, you know, let us know who were the top vote getters and stuff. What if there was it was like um, the um, the lip sync at the end of at the finale of a RuPaul's Drag Race where there's a wheel and they have to spin it to get the matchups? Because I would like to know how they came upon these decisions and why we got the matchups we did. I'm just a curious cat like that. I don't know. I'm. Oh, you're saying like the original matchups, like why was the leopard against the flamingo? You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like what made that? Uh, well, pr- producer shenaniganizing, I'm sure. I don't know. You know, like you. Okay, let's be honest. The Rottweiler and the Flamingo seem to be fan favorites determined by production. Before fans. Yeah. So they're not going to go against each other. Right. So uh, I don't know. Whatever. Well, I actually. okay. so just a quick point uh, about the voting way the voting works. So I found this article that talks about how 50 percent of the votes come from the studio audience and 50 percent come from the show's celebrity judging panel, a.k.a. the producers. Right. So um, I think this was actually mentioned on the show, but I think they have a heavy hand in at least how the voting works. So I'm sure they have a heavy hand in the matchups, too. Hmm. Okay. Okay, all that that kind of gives me more to think about next week when we start seeing the other matchups and why they decided to do what they did. But we can, I guess, move over and talk about the returning guest. So the first, I believe, yeah, first two-time guest uh, judge on the show, Joel McHale. How did you feel about seeing Joel McHale back at it again? Yeah, I thought. <laughs> yeah, I thought. Uh, I thought Joel McHale did a good job. Um, I appreciated him last season as well, so I was actually pretty happy that he was back. Um, I think he could uh, go head to head with uh, Triumph, the insult comic dog, when it comes to making fun of the contestants, specifically Ken. So I was here for that. Yeah, I think he did better, and we'll dive into all the individual slams when we get to them. But I think he did better than Triumph. I feel like it was a more inclusive perfor- roast performance where everyone. No one was safe. And I enjoyed that. Oh, really? In I felt like it was just Ken. No, no. I feel like, you know, he got Nicole a little bit there. That was good. I think he got Robin at one point. Uh, he definitely got Nick at one point. Um, or maybe I was just like too enthralled with him. Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon walks out. Phantom of the Opera style. Um, he's got this black floral cape. Uh, no turban. Full suit. He's looking dapper. Even I'm willing to say he looked like a seven on the night. How did you feel about Nick Cannon's entrance this week? Yeah, I mean, those diamond shoes, obviously. The cape had some sort of pattern to it, although it looked like my grandma's curtains. So, eh. Some nice curtains. (laughs) Sure, yeah. The collar was big and white. So that's a thing. Nice, 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 nice. Sorry, I have another comment that's not related to Nick Cannon. So I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. So when they did, which I has been so freaking long since this, um, but when they did the 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 final twelve, uh-huh. so they did six and six. They didn't do any type of SmackDown, but probably because they had so many performances, they had six performances to go through. 
So I think probably the SmackDown is a byproduct of them having only four performers and needing something to fill the rest of the time. Okay. Uh, that's fair. I'll I'll give them that. I'll allow it. <laughs> and, okay. I, and I think I'm, they, I'm they, sure they appreciate you allowing it. Yeah. My permission is all that matters. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, they kind of did that with when we started with 16 because it was in four batches of four. So that actually oh. carries. Right. Because that's what they did for four, four V fours. <laughs> it's like there's logic to these decisions. <laughs> yeah. Which still seems like it doesn't add up, but they're definitely I can see a pattern developing now. No, it makes sense because they need to fill when there's only four performances. They need the SmackDown to like take care of that last little segment. Yeah. I'm really 21 piloting here. Okay. So. <laughs> Wait, is that a thing now? Like you to, to belabor a point is like you're really 21 piloting right now. Yeah. Call me a penny because I think we just coined it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, the flamingos here. <laughs> the flamingo is the first one to come out for the bout versus the leopard. And um I would like for you to take over the flamingos clue package because I still genuinely don't a don't have a guess and b don't really know the 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 people that it could be well enough to, you know, try and follow the logic here. So, what did you think of the flamingo? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> So, you okay? okay so, I am okay. Okay, so my first thought was I don't know why this popped into my head, but it was call me a dime because I'll give you my 10 cents. And then I was like, no, it's not 10 it's cents, two it's cents. two cents. And then I was going to say call me two pennies because I'll give you my two cents. And then I was like, that's just stupid. So I'm sorry. I was thinking about that and I wasn't listening. <clears throat> so here are my thoughts on the flamingo. I don't know. <laughs> well, you can have your nickel back. Call me five cents. All right. So the Flamingo's Clue Package. You can find me in the club because I'm 50 cents. Oh, my God. What are you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, can we cut? Okay. Oh, hold on. I got to take a break. <laughs> I'm not cutting any of this. No, you. It's shambles. It's awesome. Mm. All right. So the Flamingo's Clues. Um, we had, I'm so happy. I feel like I'm living in a fantasy. So these, uh, let me just cut to the beginning again with these clues. We're really getting nothing. We're getting some things, but we're not getting the audio doesn't matter. Right? So the audio is just essentially a journey of this is how I felt last week coming out of the performance. This is how I felt by all the compliments the judges gave me. Cause no one dare roast me as a judge. And I felt good. I feel happy. The flamingo talked about, you know, the experience of loving their own voice. This is teaching them that we saw little shots of the Eiffel tower, the Taj Mahal. Um, they called their home a chateau, which I took down. They said, Dios mio, which is Spanish. <laughs> and then they said, this is going to be the biggest party. The stage has ever seen. And was it the biggest party that the stage has ever seen? I, I think if I remember correctly, there were only five people on stage. That's not that many for a party. To be fair, for, uh, for the night, I think the Flamingo utilized the most backup dancers. Yeah, agreed. Night. So I guess for that night, biggest party that night has ever seen at least. And the Flamingo comes out to perform Patty LaBelle's very own Lady Marmalade. What'd you make of this performance? Uh, yeah, well, it wasn't the, the LaBelle version, right? It was... Uh... It was the Missy Elliott Lady mm. Marmalade version with Christina Aguilar and Pink and Maya and 
Well, right? I, Am I wrong? I, I mean, I think so, but the Chiron read it as Patty, gave the credit to Patty LaBelle. So just the, yeah. Okay. yeah. That's some, uh, that's some big beaks going out there performing a Patty LaBelle song, knowing that Patty LaBelle's on the show, or that maybe she doesn't know that Patty LaBelle's on the show. Um, okay. Yeah. So I got nothing from the clue package. So moving on to the song, I thought that this was probably the best performance, performance. And I mean, she's also a great, amazing singer. So I can see why the judges are so, uh, enamored with her. I did say, or I do think that her backup dancers had the, the with the like big feathery fans. It reminded me of Roxy Andrews from the talent show and all stars too. So that was something to note. Um, and she also didn't sing parts of the chorus, which allowed her to dance. So I think that's also emphasizing the performance element of this whole thing. Performance is important to me. And I did think that the flamingo gave us a great start to the night. Um, I got a little bit of burlesque vibes with all the feathers. Um, I thought the stage presence was strong. I thought the song was like a good choice and performed very well. I like that. Um, I also enjoyed the background dancers, which I've had my issues with in the past. Um, ultimately, it was a very good all rounder of a performance. And we can discuss the uh, the best or not. We'll move to that in the comments over there. But I overall thought this was a great performance. And as someone who kind of came in really not thinking much of the Flamingo, I have to say that I accept defeat and I believe in the Flamingo. I think the Flamingo is a very strong performer. Yeah, I think she's killing it. And I think, you know, the judges aren't wrong here. You know, like, I think it was Jenny who was like, oh, we're going to see you in the finals or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to believe that that's probably the case, um, especially because the judges get to vote. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, though, it was really, really sweet in the judging package bit. Uh, to see the flamingo crying and it was so sweet and then when she was jumping up and down I don't know why but I was just oh it was really really cute you really liked when T-Pain was jumping around in the finale too so that you're into that <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know why that's a thing because it's just it's like excitement and you can't contain it and you're just so like happy and emotional you just jump up and down and it's really cute also the way that her costume moves and she jumps up and down is also very cute <laughs> I think it's important for them to uh, the performers to show character and show humanity behind these animal slash object slash food items that they come out as because it reminds us that these are people and they're yes, they're also celebrities, but behind the master celebrities behind the celebrity, they're people. They're just people like you and I. So (laughs) celebrities, they're just like us. (laughs) (laughs) Like what are you us weekly magazine? Um, I think the 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 thing that's really hitting home for me is not only the performances, but kind of like you said, getting to know these masked characters as characters. You sort of have to be endeared to them. There needs to be something about them that makes you want to root for them and cheer for them and have some sort of emotional investment. And so I think that the Flamingo was kind of lacking a little bit of that element. But I but this was the first time where I actually felt like, oh, the Flamingo's so cute. Like, I want the Flamingo to succeed because I like the flamingo not just solely based on her performances and her amazing singing ability right because we know the flamingo has voice there's no disputing that but then now we know that the flamingo really cares about what they're doing here the flamingo is really happy to hear these things and i truly do believe that the flamingo was a nervous person and worried about these performances coming in i didn't quite buy it in the beginning because i really couldn't tell but after the reactions we got on this episode I do think that the Flamingo is genuine in what they are saying and how they are feeling. 
And it just makes me want to root for them more because, you know, the voices premise. So to go to another show, the voices premise is, you know, you're judging them on their voice. But I'm pretty sure after you know who they are, you see them. It's the character and their mannerisms and their behavior and the things they say that also help you want to root for them. And I feel like that's how I felt with the Flamingo. However, I don't think this was the best performance of the season. Yeah, I feel like they say that all the time, though, for her. Right. Didn't they say that last week, two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. And. Like, cause like, so Robin said, I've been thinking the Rottweiler has the strongest voice, but this was the best of the season. Mm. And I think that remains to be seen slash remains to be disputed. Um, There's still a lot more singing and masking to go uh, before we can make that call. Well, I think also it starts to become really subjective. Sorry not to cut you off, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, once you get past a lot of the sort of technical elements to it, then it's like, oh, whose voice do you prefer more? Fair, you know, fair. so that's kind of coming into play as well. Yeah. And then let's see. So then as far as the guesses go, uh, Ken Jong went with Bella Thorne. Uh, Adrian Bailon was Jenny McCarthy. And then Joel McHale had a couple good slams here. He talked about well, because once he says Bella Thorne. Nick Ken's like, well, Bella Thorne's about my height. And then <laughs> Ken John goes, don't talk about height. Joel McHale pulls out the pillow that he's sitting on. Have you ever sat on a pillow while podcasting? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. What? Really? Yeah, because sometimes my, my butt hurts. <laughs> Maybe I need a more comfortable chair is that what that's indicative of. Um, but yeah, I have. Okay, I, I'm I'm not I'm not ashamed to admit it, but I don't use it for a height advantage. Like I need to get uh, all up on this microphone. It's just because my butt hurts. <laughs> Your butt hurt. Okay, I see. Yeah, I'm butt. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> and then uh, let's see. Joel McHale goes with Jillian Michaels, which it was at this point that I started thinking, hmm, what's Joel McHale's angle? I'm not sure what direction he's taking with this guess. And Robin Thicke goes with Fantasia, which honestly, because I don't know much about these clues, I also don't really know much about Fantasia. For some reason, I feel like Fantasia is a good guess, but I don't know if um, that uh, is it's good. Adrian, it's Adrian Bailone. So I, you know, now that I've sort of have a stronger feeling that's her, then, you know, you go and you look up what these clues might mean in relation to the person that you think it is. So, so for Adrian Bailone, she opened, so she gave a, a tour of her home, which they described as a chateau, and she continuously refers to as a chateau on her YouTube channel. <laughs> so okay. it's like, ah, okay, got it. That makes sense. Chateau de YouTube. Plus, it sounds like her, too. You know, that really just, I think, helped to conf- confirm it for me. So, OK, that's my thought. That's my thought, at least. Yeah, I'll look her up after this and see um, if it connects for me. Once again, we're back with these interludes. They're just tired. I'm bored of these. They don't do much for me. Um, they might as well just cut the commercial and then just jump right back in. But. We got the leopard and the leopard did this thing where the leopard's calling Nick Cannon or sorry, Sir Nicholas Cannon. And then does a grr a couple of times. It was very sweet. <laughs> okay, so you like that. Yes, yes. It was a perfect interlude considering that we're going to slip right into the leopard next. Um, Whoa. <laughs> no, no. Slide into those um, uh, mistakes. Anyways. Okay, so we got the leopard and we have a bunch of clues for the leopard. 
again, audio doesn't really mean much, but the leopard says, I can do things that were inconceivable without a mask. So the leopard proposes to Nick Cannon. We've seen the leopard be very extra throughout the season with all the grrring and the, and the mannerisms and the leopard's in character. And then my favorite part of this whole thing was when the picture of the four old ladies comes up in the clue package and Robin Thicke goes, who are these old white women? <laughs> yeah, who are these old white people? Yeah. I loved it. That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the one clue that did stick out for me was the um, the megaphone that has an Australian flag on it, which I think we can deduce is the his appearance, Seal's appearance, I'm talking about, on The Voice Australia. I think that makes sense. And then the leopard said they're going to sing a song that celebrates the past, and they never want to forget the moment that they chose to just be them. And they performed September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. But before I dive into that, Liana, is there anything that you made out of the clues that I've missed? No, I mean, I think, again, seeing more of the... uh, I'm going to say red flags. That's not right. Red herrings. Red herrings. Uh, with the Glamazon and Champion references, the RuPaul albums. Um, yes. So it was like, oh, okay, yeah, nah. And again, it was audio, right? So that's how you can kind of tell that that's supposed to like throw people off. I still don't get the old white people thing. I mean, I get Robin's quote. I'm just trying to think of what that clue means. The only thing I can think of is... Is it supposed to be the Golden Girls, but they can't get the rights to the pictures of the Golden mm. Girls? But that even then, I don't know how that relates to Seal. Um, so, yeah, so that was confusing. But at this point, you know, we feel pretty confident that it's Seal. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, also, I would like to say we are recording this on the 21st of November. It's not the 21st of September, <laughs> but it's pretty close. <laughs> Nailed it. It's two months apart. Just two months apart. I also thought Golden Girls initially. I'm like, okay, Golden Girls, Golden Ages. But what is the Golden Age of what? (laughs) Music? Pop? Music videos? I couldn't do a seal. Yeah, I don't know. The the Golden Age of Seals? Plural? (laughs) What's the Golden Age of Seals? We're living it right now in the form of the leopard. Oh. Oh, sure. Yes. But so I want to get into this performance because I think I can definitively say that finally what I wanted has happened. Finally, who let the seal out? The seal is loose. And this was the voice I was waiting for. I thought that seal did or sorry, the leopard for appearances. The leopard did an incredible job with this. The dancers looked absolutely stupid. And I just did not understand what they were doing, but it was fun. I thought the performance was really fun. And that for me is the sole reason until tonight when the voice started coming out a little bit. That's probably the sole reason why the leopard's doing as well as the leopard is doing to be here in the final eight for us. Everyone was boogieing. We had a shot of all five judges dancing. We had a shot of Nick Cannon dancing. It was just a fun time. There must be something where in person it's better because it's still not quite connecting with me. Also, I could only stare at those backup dancers the entire time doing some weird boogieing around (laughs) in spirit Halloween style disco outfits like bright red and pink wearing masks, not coordinated, just like. I didn't even know what was going on. Uh, but I did say that the falsetto was really great from the leopard. So that's, I wrote that down. You are not false, Edo, on that. Definitely not. 
I had fun. I I only wish I could have been there in person to see if it was more fun. But I don't know, man. I, I like okay. I, I get it, and I, I did think that this was probably one of his more solid performances, just because now it does feel like the seal is coming out, the leopard <laughs> seal. <laughs> he should have been a leopard seal. That's uh, what, yes. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, but I I still just. I I mean, man, like, am I missing something? I just don't get it. Maybe it's because you love him so much that I just have to be contrarian to you. I I don't know. I think you don't want to agree with me also because I sound like a psycho. I sound like I'm obsessed with this. The leopard. Like, is this how I sounded with the monster last year? Yes. And it's a little Uh, bit how you sounded like with the egg earlier this season. Egg, egg, egg. (laughs) Yes. Egg, egg, egg. I um yeah I yeah I I just you know I don't know I I also think I've like romanticized the leopard to do no wrong so sure. I'm kind of appreciative that you're here to check me if I'm wrong um I don't think I am yet but I'm think I'm getting there anyways <laughs> um Ken Jong said this was so entertaining so that's great I do think that so I noticed after we got um the first performance out of the way that oh there's no physical clues liana's favorite instrumental isn't coming on interesting then it was at this point where i realized oh now we're doing this thing where the um performers get to have like a one line couple sentence response to the judges or like kind of just speak a little bit and the leopard talks about how actually shocked their little ones are going to be when they find out who it'll be okay and as far as the guesses went. Sorry, was that supposed to be a thing? What does that mean? Like his kids? I mean, who else, right? It's got to be. You should have said kid. his cubs, first of all. Wait, do leopards have cubs or is that just lions? Is it? I don't, but I don't know. But like, did, did the leopard have to say cubs or the yeah, correct term? Like, well, I, yeah, but it like makes sense. They're little, they're little leopards, little, little leopards. Yeah, little leopard cubs. Oh. Little newborn leopards. Oh, leopard cubs are super cute. You ha- sorry, I found a picture. What are, what are a group of leopards called? A pack? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. A seal. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's my seal of approval. Mm. So, <laughs> do you want my nickel? Because I'll give you five cents. <laughs> What? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Sorry, that made me think of that group of leopards. Who put a nickel in Liana? I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, I look. I had an eleven-hour work day today of like intense, solid work all day. I feel like I say this every week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just a back disaster. from an extreme day of sciencing. <sighs> okay, a group of regular leopards is called a leap. Le- leap of faith. Leap uh, of leopards. Oh, or a prowl. Prowl is the correct pronunciation of that. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> you really don't like the leopard. Anyways, okay. So Ken Jong put out the guess of Donald Glover, which I'm sorry, Ken. You should be disqualified from making any future guesses, not only because Donald Glover's voice is distinct and beautiful, but also because you worked with Donald Glover for how many years and you think this is his voice? Sorry, stop it, please. It's it's embarrassing at this point. Uh, and then Nicole Scherzinger did what I'd never thought was going to happen and guessed Seal. Seal's name is now on the table from the judges. And I'm kind of upset by that. But also, I think this is why the leopard was 
concealing their voice, concealing their voice for the first handful of performances, because the minute they let the cat out of the bag, it'll start becoming a little obvious who it is. Mm, yeah yeah uh, i mean i thought this was a really good guess from her in terms of what the judges had to say for the leopard first of all ken's the worst i'm over it yeah we'll get to it when he talks about the flower but like shut up ken <laughs> um robin thick clapping at his own guesses has also become one of my favorite things on this show i just love it when he makes a guess and then no one else is clapping and he's just like like clapping himself and i think i'm gonna start doing that in my own life did i talk about this already it sounds familiar you, anyway i think you brought it up earlier on in the season but now that it's be- we've seen it happen more than once it's definitely a part of him and mm. i'm just hoping you don't end up putting it in your life i <laughs> this is not a good thing it's a very dare i say loserish type of move <laughs> fine <laughs> i'm just looking out for you And then Joel McHale guesses Alec Baldwin, which at this point, can I just put it out there that Joel McHale is doing what Ken Jeong is doing, but very, very less annoyingly. (laughs) Just stupid guesses that have no, no chance of being real, but kind of sells them as I'm serious. But we know he's not. Mm. Yeah. So there was a judge on the um Australian uh, Australian yeah Dave Hughes and he was kind of like the Ken of the group so he would do the joke answers but his were actually funny okay so that's my comparison i know that that reference maybe three people will even get but it's fine be like ken jong but funny because i think his guesses were more outlandish which is what made it funny whereas kens are just dumb <laughs> yeah, well, uh, so my my qualm isn't even that they're dumb at this point. My qualm is the delivery that is just stale and repetitive at this oh, point. Oh, did you know it's Bjork? Blah. Bjork, thank you so much for coming to The Mass Singer this season. <laughs> we get it. Stop. Stop. We get it. Yeah, you peaked. Mm. Ugh, yes. All right, we'll move on from Ken Jong. We It's time to find out who won the face-off at this point when you were watching did you think this was even remotely up for debate no i mean i think (laughs) when you have the judges saying this is the best performance we've ever seen and then it's like we really like your character (laughs) i wonder who's gonna be in the smackdown yeah you know as the as the leopard fan even uh, even though all the fun i felt and enjoyment i got out of it i was like all right i'll see you in the smackdown because you're not winning this and Mm -hmm. to the shock of nobody the flamingo one, even though they were kind enough to show us one or two people voting for the leopard in the in the like the interval. So, you know, thank you for that. No one bought it, but I appreciate you putting that in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now before we get into the uh, second of the uh, face offs, we'll take a quick pause for some messages from some sponsors. And we have returned to talk more mass singer. Put the nickel back in because we're going in for a second round. Okay, so we have another face off on our hands. And now it's time for probably the harder matchup of the night. It's the flower versus the Rottweiler. How did you feel 
about this matchup before we even dove into it? Like, what were your thoughts going in? Yeah, I mean, I thought this was kind of going to be a competition of uh, performances, right? Because the Rottweiler is such a performer and has a strong voice. So I'm not going to lie. I was really worried for the flower going into this. And I think I'm not surprised that the Rottweiler made it on and the flower ended up in the SmackDown. Yeah, especially after Robin Thicke said earlier during the Flamingos comments that, you know, I thought the Rottweiler had a really strong voice. This was the best of the season. Well, that still means that the Rottweiler was like your number one seed. So if he's even your number two seed, I'm feeling good about the Rottweiler's odds. But the flower is no slouch at all. And I knew that going in. And sure enough, would you say the flower is growing on you? <laughs> I would say that the my thoughts on the flower have bloomed a very positive result. Sorry, I'm still stuck on like the money puns. So I was trying to think of <laughs> call call me a dollar because I'm I gotta pay your bills or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep workshopping. Let's move on. All right, y'all gonna holla for the dollar. No. no. Oh, that's a no. But then you doing the <laughs> whatever you just said was fun. At least mine rhymed. <laughs> yeah, but at least mine was a dollar bill. All right. No one is putting down money for this. We got to cut all this. <laughs> yeah, but we're probably not going to or I'm not going to. Mm. Yeah. All right. You- call me a t- call me a $10 bill cuz I'm the US Treasury. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. All right. Um mm. now I'm going to take a refund on everything you've said and move into the clue package for the flower. Mm. Um like a bud to a bloom is what they said that I have in my notes, but I didn't really understand why. Um, there was a, I noticed a disco ball. I noticed a heart shaped, a heart, heart shaped heart that said (laughs) for sale on it. Huh? Okay. Interesting. And then there was the perfume in the water. And uh, Liana, I'm a little upset because I figured out they were playing patty cake, even though I've never played patty cake. I've only heard that game called patty cake on TV when I was younger. And I was like, oh, patty cake. That's Patty LaBelle. That's what that is. And I felt really proud of it. But then stupid Robin Thicke stole it from me and said it as well, which makes it seem like I didn't come up with it organically. I'm sorry. Um, also, cake because Patty LaBelle cooks. Ah, yes, and that is not a half baked clue either. Mm. So I saw some domino shaped dominoes as well. Don't in the clue package. Maybe I should call you the umbrella because you're really shading me right now. How do you do that? What? Come up with those. Do you just have this Rolodex? Yeah, I'm. A, I'm very quick on my feet when it comes to these things. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's Patty LaBelle. No. Okay. So wait, 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 wait. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the la- the last words that the flower said before the performance started. And the flower said, I want to prove that my voice alone can carry me to the finals, which the minute I heard this, I thought, Ooh, here we go. It's the Liana method versus the Puya method. Let's see how this plays out. And uh, yeah, awkward moment alert. <laughs> she doesn't make it to the final. <laughs> Meet more zeep. We'll, we'll get to we'll get to the smackdown. We'll get to the smack because I want to talk about that smackdown. The performance was the uh, song was alone by heart. And I'm not going to disagree with the flower. That voice can carry. And it is a powerful voice. 
It was very strong. I really loved the animation with all the snow coming down. And genuinely, I think if we're talking, because they touted the Flamingo as the strongest female voice in the competition. I think after this performance, you can't argue that the flower is up there for discussion. You really can't. Like, this was, vocally speaking, a masterclass performance. Vocally. Yeah, I would love to see the way that the song choices uh, were decided. It was like, what song can Patti LaBelle just belt to at the end and not really? I mean, like she's singing, but, you know, just let her go, you know? Um, So, yeah, I mean, amazing. Patti LaBelle is amazing. Patti LaBelle did that song. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, She's the LaBelle of the ball. (laughs) No? Okay. All right, we're going to like, let's make like a traffic light and move this on. So we get to the critiques and the guesses. <laughs> what? Let's move like a traffic light. Let's, let's make like a traffic light make. and move it along. But what if the traffic light is red? Well, when it turns green, it moves it along. Oh, what's that song? I like to move it, move it. Let's make like that song. Yeah, like to move it, move it. Dun, dun, dun. yeah that's a great song uh, my favorite iteration of that is on the original Madagascar animation movie King Julian belts it out now that's a performance any hoosers um, as far as the critiques and guesses go I think at this point once the judges all guess the same person it's done so Washington like you have to like you're done what else can you do to throw them off at this point you know you can just make your next clue package all red herrings, but we know what we know, right? Yeah, it's Patty LaBelle. <laughs> Maybe that's why she. W- I mean, we'll get into this in the SmackDown. I have some ranting to do later. Oh so, snap! Yeah. Okay. Well, then let's uh, talk about quickly the other guests. So Patty LaBelle was Robin Thicke's guest and Nicole's guest. Okay, and then Joel McHale went with Barbara Streisand again, doing the Ken Jong role really well. And then Ken Jong did his Bjork shtick for the twelfth time. Sorry, twelfth. I meant twelve thousandth time. And then called Bjork the Queen of Disco, which got a big question out of Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon was just shocked that this was a thing that was said. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's about as much as I want to talk about that without uh, slamming Ken Jong more. So we can move on. Yeah, Ken sucks. Yeah. So the next interlude. We get this term that I wrote down and I didn't have, I didn't think about to look up, honestly, before this podcast. So I'm just going to ask you proper. What is a bird scooter? Oh, it's like a razor scooter. Oh, that's what. Why is it called a bird scooter? Is that like another I name have, for it? I have no idea. Okay. But yeah, that's uh, they're, they're like those little scooters that you like push with one foot. Yeah, you know? I own. I had a green one growing up. and It was really cool looking. <laughs> it was like all green, like all like forest green top to bottom. Oh, it was so good. I miss that. You're, yeah, I'm sure you were so cool. Yeah. I'm green with envy just thinking about it. You made money puns that don't make sense earlier. <laughs> I know. <laughs> don't you judge my I don't even think they're puns. They're just like Words. statements that are factually incorrect. <laughs> it was like your Michael Scott motive. I just say things and then hope I find it along the way. <laughs> yeah, I just start sentences. I just start puns and hope I find them along the way. It's a great strategy. I... The one saying that Nick Cannon put out right before we dove into the next performer, chew on these clues, Liana. It's the Rottweiler. Have you ever heard anyone say chew on these clues? Yeah, but he's a Rottweiler, so he's a dog. So he chews on bones and stuff, like clues. Blue's clues. Blue was also a dog. 
<laughs> yeah, wow, you've done it. Yeah, who sung it? Okay. Call, yeah, call you Sherlock Holmes. Ayo. Elementary, my dear Liana. Anyways, so the Rottweiler comes along, and the clues are as follows. We get a Boxing Day clue. We get a Platinum clue. They are excited to just be seen for their voice, which I feel like no one should be allowed to say anymore, because it's kind of like that thing where every show has, you know, Big Brother has the, I'm going to be really strategic, or... I'm going to be going and win all the comps. Like everyone's just like, I want to be seen for my voice. Like we get it. You're in a mask. You're really not there for your face because obviously it's mask. So yeah, I don't know why I had so much, so many problems with that. And then we saw four awards and then I'm here to show the links. I'll go for the golden mask, which this is the type of thing I want to hear. I want you to care about that golden mask. Like it is the biggest deal in the world, even though we all know it is a dumb gold mask that is just a mask. Wait, so what was the difference between this and then the um, the flower saying, I'm going to something to the fi- finals? The, the flower said, my voice alone can carry me to the finals, which you know oh, I'm not a, oh. yeah, I'm not a advocate for just the voice. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I want the whole package. Mm. Yeah. As far as the performance goes, we get Polly Calafiore's favorite artist in the world, Bruno Mars's. <laughs> Grenade. That was that was my first thought too. I was like, "Hey, that's Paul Calafiore's favorite artist." Doesn't matter what this guy does, I will always remember him for butterflies, pies, and Bruno Mars. Oh man, I should show you. I'll I'll send it to you later. But my quote board right now is currently Paul Calafiore quotes. Oh no! What what quote did you go with? Um, uh, stay crushing it <laughs> and uh, keep feeding the positive. That's a classic. That is a classic. Yeah. Well, I have to ask you, what did you think of the uh, this grenade that was thrown into uh, onto the stage by the Rottweiler here? How did you feel about this performance? Yeah, I think this was the first Rottweiler performance that I really, really loved. I think I uh, in this performance really appreciated his voice and was paying a little bit more attention. The backup dancers were distracting, but less distracting than the weird disco boogie dancers that the leopard had to contend with. Um, So that allowed me to really listen to what I was hearing. Here's the deal. Oh. The Rottweiler, I think, is a really amazing singer. But if I was like listening for that thing that really makes it something that I think is special, I wouldn't push my button and turn my chair to make a voice reference. And I'm going to continue to listen. It's just there's nothing that really grabs me. It's so good. And I think I can appreciate it from that perspective. But in terms of my emotional investment in the Rottweiler based on the voice, I just don't quite have it yet. So uh, this is a work in progress. We're going to see how things go. I'm happy that the Rottweiler will be on a further episode for me to continue to to pay attention. Um, But yeah, that's my thought about the Rottweiler's voice. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. I kind of disagree, but not completely. Because I definitely understand where you're coming from. But then I guess like for me, I am tied to this Rottweiler because of who I believe it to be. And that is Chris Daughtry. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember the first time I heard Chris Daughtry, like I heard a song that Chris Daughtry sang that I fell in love with was he did this version of Dead or Alive. 
on American Idol. And I was like, this is amazing. And this is the vibe I get with the Rottweiler. Now, if I scroll up real quick, so I believe for the um, the flowers critiques, Robin Thicke talked about most of the singers stick to the script. You do what you want with your instrument to the flower. I think this is also true of the Rottweiler because every song that the Rottweiler has performed is a song that I know and I've listened to multiple times before, but I feel like I'm getting a new style to it. Granted, by new style, I mean, it's the Chris Daughtry style of like his voice and his like carrying the tunes that he carries, but I enjoy it. I will say he doesn't really have the dancing going for him, but what he doesn't, what he lacks in dancing, he's making up for with a bit of the background stuff that was going on. I really, I did enjoy the flames in the background. That was good. The backup dancers were meh. They were all right, but they were like good, but they weren't too much. They weren't like overbearing like the leopards one was. Um, I do think it could have done with a couple more backup dancers. Maybe I don't know why there was just two. And I thought this was the best vocal performance of the season. I truly think this was the best one that we got, especially on the night. I think this was the best one. Now, am I biased? Perhaps, maybe a little bit. That could be argued. But I just feel so strongly that the Rottweiler is here to win. And I know the passion that the Rottweiler is putting into this. And I'm hearing it. And there's aspects that we don't see in the performance that I think we kind of got a little bit of that last week in the fun stuff with the, the, you know, back and forth with Triumph. I thought that was good. So. I'm here. I like you. I'm excited that we get a little bit more Rottweiler to hopefully get a little bit more of that character that I'm digging for. Um, I didn't feel like it was a complete character exposure like we got with the Flamingo, but I think the Rottweiler is capable of putting that out there. So we'll have to wait and see. I mean, that's what I'm saying, that I think it's subjective, right? Like mm. you're really taken with the Rottweiler. And while I think I can appreciate the quality of his voice, it just doesn't necessarily grab me in the same way that other performances have. That's true. That's true. Also, Chris Daughtry was born on Boxing Day. Ah, there you go. So another another one in that direction. We're getting closer and closer to this being right. Um, so then we get to the um, we get to the critiques and the guesses. Uh, Liana, who is McGruff the crime dog? I found it hilarious, but I don't know who it is. Oh, my God. Yeah. McGruff the crime dog. So it was put together by uh, the National Crime Prevention Council or whatever. I don't know. It was something that was like, oh, it's going to help people um, from prevent people from like crime and stuff. So it was all about like PSAs to lock your doors and put put your lights on timers. I swear to God, that's why McGruff is the reason why my dad puts all of his lights on timers. Like, And we had to set the timer before we would leave. Um, Your lights had timers? Yeah, you would put so they would be on. So like, let's say we would go out to dinner. They would turn on at like 4 p.m. and then they'd be on until 9 p.m. or whatever when we got home. So then that way no one would rob our house because there were lights on. Oh, I see. So it's kind of like a Smokey the Bear type scenario. Yeah, it's like Smokey the Bear, but for crime. Yeah, because Smokey the Bear was for, I want to say, forest forest fires. fires. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, (laughs) yeah, I think then it turned into more like anti-bullying kind of stuff. Smokey or McGruff? No, no, McGruff. Can you imagine? That would be quite a career turn if Smokey the Bear all of a sudden was like, I give up on this forest fires (laughs) nonsense. I think I can do something with bullying. Anyway, I found that funny, even though I didn't get the reference with McGruff, because I don't I guess it's just the name. The name McGruff is very funny. And then the way Joel delivered it was very funny. Mm -hmm. As far as the guesses go, 
I it just makes me really happy that no one has Chris Daughtry on the board here. Um, we got uh, Billy Jewel from Green Day. We got Gavin Rossdale from Bush. We got Mario Lopez from Joel McHale. And then we got Darren Chris again. A combo between Robin Thicke and Nicole Scherzinger. Yeah, I don't know why Gavin DeGraw is off the table here, judges. <laughs> I know it's not Gavin DeGraw, but I really love Gavin DeGraw, so... We're at that part of the podcast where Liana shows appreciation for <laughs> Gavin DeGraw. Oh my gosh, you know who's really great? Gavin DeGraw. You know who's really great? Lil Nas X. <laughs> no, you have to clap at it. No, but that's your thing. I don't want to steal your thing. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't want anything to do with Robin Thicke, so <laughs> <laughs> I take back the clapping. <laughs> All right, we'll make like a traffic like and move on past it. No, <laughs> we'll move like that song from Madagascar. No, we'll make like that song from Madagascar. Does it have a name? If it's just move it, it does. I can't say that. It is, like, it is move it. it. Okay. I just don't remember the original artist for it. I feel like there's okay. a couple people that have done it. Move it. Um, it's not Will I Am. That's the first one that comes up on uh, Spotify. So Will I Am's not taking credit for that. I'm just going to say it's from King Julian from Madagascar. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. Okay. And then we get to the we get to the result of the uh, the face off again. Did anyone have any surprise as to what was coming here? Okay. Uh, I like to move it by Crazy Frog. No, no, that Crazy Frog is after as well. That version is not that great. Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah no I was not surprised okay can we talk can we uh, can we talk about the this now please uh by this you mean the smackdown okay yeah here's the oh, deal no. okay the leopard's <laughs> choice of don'tcha by the pussycat dolls first of all pandering choice to the judges here okay picking one of Nicole Scherzinger's songs um also Robin Thicke saying get it leopard okay Robin Thicke here's what I will say the texture in the leopard's voice is just. It is pretty amazing. Okay, I will give the leopard <gasps> that. The dancing I thought was good. I thought it was actually a really solid performance. That's not what I'm going to rant about. Here's what I'm going to rant about. How does the flower sing the eye of the tiger in this manner? Okay, first of all, song choice, eye of the tiger. Fine, whatever. Eye of the tiger is such a classic karaoke song. Anybody can sing eye of the tiger. There's a reason why that song is on like one of the more basic levels of rock band because it's not that hard. I can sing that song. Okay. How does the flower do this take where she's just like no selling it? She decides to just not belt. I swear to God, I think she threw it. <laughs> I think she threw it. Put on my conspiracy theory. Call me aluminum foil because I have my conspiracy theory hat on right now. I swear to God, she threw it. There is no way. You're going to go out there and you're going to tell me that that's how Patty LaBelle sings? No. No. It's just not. I refuse to believe it. I just did she want to go home? Was her contract up? Uh, I, I don't get it. I, what? <laughs> Call you Liana the spicy Boris. Like that's a hot take. I think okay, so the hot take is that you think it's a a throwing thing. I think she threw it. I think she threw it. That's insane. Why would she throw it? She just said she wants her vocals to take her to the finals. I think she was shooketh. I think the flower saw what the leopard did and was like, oh no, I don't think Survivor is going to do this. I don't think I, the tiger is going to do this. And like, she was shaken in their boots is what I think. Because to, for me to just take it back real quick and go talk about the leopard's performance, I genuinely thought the leopard did a really good job. And I was worried. I was sweating bullets because I'm sitting here thinking, all right, well, this is the leopard swan song. Let's see how it goes. 
oh, it's don't you? That's a bit of pandering. Yes, sure. But again, it was entertaining. The leopard was all sensual and like moving around. I loved the raw. When that raw was hit, that was great. The voice was good. Not the best, but all the notes were hit in the right spot. So that was a great all-encapsulating performance. Then Eye of the Tiger comes on and I'm like, oh no, it's over. This is where I start saying goodbye. And I started noticing that this is not hitting right. It doesn't... She threw it. To the leopard. I don't know. Look, I can't explain it, but there is no way that that's how Patti LaBelle sings Eye of the Tiger. It just can't be. I refuse to believe it. The only good thing that has come from this is that finally that freaking Bjork joke is dead. Oh, that's so good. If we had to lose the flower so that joke could stop, I am okay with that. I'm willing to take that as a compromise. Very willing to take that as a compromise. But I guess this all that this says, Liana, is that even the best of the best, the Patty LaBelle's of the world, are only human. And they can, you know, they make mistakes too. No, it wasn't a mistake. There's no way a seasoned performer like Patty LaBelle, who can sing like that, doesn't have that type of a performance for the Eye of the Tiger. I, I just, I, 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 look, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to go through the five stages of grief here for some reason because I wasn't even that invested in Patty LaBelle winning. And I don't even think that this is a situation where it's like, oh, well, uh, because it's Patty LaBelle, well, of course, then she has to stage to the finals because it's just Patty LaBelle. It's not that. It's something happened in that final performance. And I just don't know what happened. And I refuse to believe it. And I think she threw it. Okay. Well, would you like to hear my Tabasco, a.k.a. spicy take? Uh, Tabasco is too vinegary for me. Actually, I've been to Avery Island, which is where they make Tabasco. So the way that it works is essentially this island is like on this salt dome, which is what gives the peppers that grow there the their particular flavor. <laughs> So fun 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 fact. I love Gavin DeGraw. (laughs) I love Gavin DeGraw. (laughs) I think that even if the flower hit all the notes because of the way they were standing and not really performing, I think they would have still lost. I genuinely feel that way. (sighs) No, I don't. I I don't know. It's just. okay. sure. All right. Sure. So the performative element is one aspect to it, but I'm not even claiming that. I'm saying that Patti LaBelle's performance in the uh, to the eye of the tiger was there was something off about it. Yeah. Maybe she was paid off. Maybe Seal paid her off. I don't know what the deal is. Why would Seal does not need this that bad, does he? Do you think? I don't think so. I I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think your theory has a lot of holes in it. But that's fine. Okay, call my theory Swiss cheese because it's got a lot of holes in it. (laughs) Call your theory Ken Jong because it's just bad. (laughs) Call my theory a fly swatter because it's got a lot of holes in it. Oh my god. You're really uh, doing this thing, aren't you? Going. (laughs) It's the only one I've succeeded in. (laughs) Anyway, whatever. Fine. Fine. So the flower is about to get unmasked and we get to the final guesses. There's three judges on the panel who said Patty LaBelle and they're convinced it's Patty LaBelle. You don't even need to guess who they are because it's Nicole Robin and Jenny. Ken Jong, whoops, says Bjork again. Of course, Liana, you've called this from very early on. It was Patty LaBelle. No one shocked. I think this was the most like, of course it is moment we've had this season. Would you disagree? Yeah. 
Uh, Patty LaBelle looked fantastic. Yes. It, she, I mean, she looked amazing. Her hair and skin looked absolutely gorgeous. Ugh, I wish, I hope I look like Patty LaBelle when I'm her age. Patty LaBelle is great. And it was nice. It was nice to have Patty LaBelle on the show. I enjoyed. You know what? Wait, I take that back. I hope I look like Patty LaBelle now, <laughs> not even when I'm her age. Her skin's better than mine. Hmm. Oh, Liana. Now, so for next week, I don't, I couldn't find who's facing off with who. What I can tell you is that we're going to see the fox, the butterfly, the tree, and thingamajig. Yeah, so just based on previous performances and the way that this seems to be going, they have a tendency to put the fan favorites uh, separate. Mm. So I think the thingamajig is one of those fan favorites and probably the fox would be my other guess. So I think we're probably going to see some combination of the thingamajig with either the tree or the butterfly and then the fox with the remaining um, contestant. Uh, but that's that's just my guess. No, I feel the same way and it would just be cruel if the thingamajig and the fox end up facing off. Yeah, I agree. Although, you know, there's still it's not like one of them is going home. There's still an option, though, for them to win in the smackdown. That's true. That's true. You know, We've talked about how the leopard was probably the weakest one coming in. The leopard survived. This next one, I genuinely cannot tell you who's going to go. If if you made me make a pick, I would probably say the butterfly. But even I know that the butterfly is a really good singer. So we'll just have to wait and see how that shakes down. Yeah, I mean, I think if if it's based uh well I I mean honestly it's really gonna um depend on song choice I feel like and the performance that they put together we could see any one of those four contestants go home that's true I'm and I'm not looking forward to it I mean I'm looking forward to watching it but I'm I don't want to lose anybody I think again this is a very strong crop of performers this season and we're just gonna lose someone we love every seat every uh, week now until the finale until someone's crowned so. It's a double-edged sword. It really is. Yeah, this is going to be an intense showdown. <laughs> yeah. And then after next week, we're going to go down to six. And at that point, we're going to have everyone on one episode every week. Right? Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay. So do we have... I don't think we have an episode next week because of Thanksgiving. That's true. So no no show next oh, week. Do we? Um, I, It's on a Wednesday. It's not Thursday. Why do I keep thinking it's on Thursday? <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, it's because I believe we're both watching them on Thursdays. That's why. Uh, okay. Clash. Okay. So according to Wikipedia, the next episode is December 4th. So yes, we are skipping the 27th. So we're going to have the clash of the masks, um, which is going to be this next group of four. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, the week after that, we'll be down to the top six. Yes. Um, in which I think we'll, I guess we'll go to the top, Five and then the semifinals. I think we're there's a double episode somewhere in there. I believe I read that somewhere. Uh, no, so it's going to be the tenth and the eleventh. There's episodes oh, both those days, so it's like go. a Tuesday Wednesday combo. Okay, so we go down to six going into that December ten eleven. Then we go down to four, and then I believe the finale is on the eighteenth, same night as Survivor. Oh boy! Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and I believe that one's a two-hour finale. So, it'll be a lot of TV that week. Um, Mm. But, you know what? I'm excited to see how this shakes down. I don't think I could definitively tell you who's in the front, who's in the driver's seat right now. Everything's up in the air, and I'm just gonna keep riding till the wheels come off. (laughs) Call me a bird scooter, because I'm gonna be rolling along. (laughs) 
All right, let's. Can I go to bed? Well, not before we answer some questions that were sent to us. This will be quick. There's a handful of questions, and we're just going to ride them out until the wheels come off. Like a bird scooter. Yes. So the first question I want to make a PSA for. So Ryan put out a question. I didn't watch the episode right away, but someone on my wall posted who went home the second it was revealed. Why? And to this I say, beautiful people of the world, don't spoil the shows, okay? Spoiling's bad. No one enjoys spoilers. If people are avoiding it, let them avoid it. If you want to talk about it, just message them first. Like, have you watched this? No. And then, you know, egg them on. Egg, egg, egg them on until they watch it. And then you can discuss it. Call me McGruff because I'm about to drop a PSA. (laughs) Nailed it. Call me 10 p.m. because I'm about to pull the curtains on the show, Liana. Because <laughs> it's bedtime or because the show's going to start? No, I mean, because it's like a play. No, c- curtain because it's over. We're pulling down the curtain. Okay, let me put my eye. Is, wait, what did you say again? Uh, let me put my eye mask on because it's bedtime. Liana, these are getting worse and worse. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> <laughs> Todd asks. <laughs> Now that the judges have also guessed that leopard is seal, has this shaken Puya's confidence in this take? Todd, it has not. I know I should be worried, and it's kind of a kiss of death when it comes. It's not a kiss from a rose, it's a kiss of death when it comes from the judges. But I, to them, I say bring it on, because the leopard will be fine. Also, bring it on is also a seal song. Bring it on like Donkey Kong. No, that's it's on like Donkey Kong, Liana. Hmm. <laughs> is that from a thing yeah it's on like donkey i feel like it's on a lot of things i don't know what the exact origins are hmm. yeah idk donkey kong my bff jill what idk my bff jill it's from that commercial all right never mind That's are you like the time. spokesperson for commercial references <laughs> I- I think this is more just a sad reflection on how much of my time is probably spent watching and listening to commercials. It is a lot. It's a lot nowadays, especially with all the commercials we get in between all these shows. Oh, my gosh. Like 90 Day Fiance. It's like, oh, you're watching. Yeah, it's nice of TLC to air a little 90 Day amongst their commercials. And especially the funny thing is I tend to watch 90 Day, you know, on other links and streams and even those have commercials so it's just a lose-lose situation with tlc but you know that's another discussion for another day tim asks however if bjork were to be in season three starting in a short nine weeks from now that is crazy we're about nine weeks away from the next season already what would she be what would bjork's persona on season three be uh, well, I think she'd be a swan, right? Because she's like known for that famous swan dress that she wore to the Oscars or whatever. I think that would be the uh, the obvious one. But then I would also say maybe a duck. Because why? Because it's like slightly different, right? Well, it was like the you know Jamie Fox wouldn't be a fox, and you know the seal wouldn't be the seal. So by that logic, it's got to be like not close, but maybe ish close. Because like you know, there's a leopard seal and. Seal is the leopard, so a duck because, like, you know, the ugly duckling. And then there's that swan cartoon that I forget the name of. What was the swan <laughs> movie called? Was this like there was a swan cartoon? I remember was this on Disney Plus. No, no, no. I remember it was like a feature film, and then there was a swan, and it turned 
the swan turned into a person, but then it turned back into a swan. And I remember there was like these, like there were arrows. It was like archery and there was a prince. I don't remember. Like Swan Lake? Oh, yes. Okay. Is that it? The Swan Princess. Yes. Yeah, the Swan Princess. Okay, a power-hungry sorcerer curses a princess to live as a swan by the day mm. in this tale of everlasting love. Yeah, I remember. I owned that on VHS. Okay. I love Gavin DeGraw. Okay. Any speculation into why the butterfly and the thingamajig have barely performed? So, initially, I read this question, and I thought, hmm. And I quickly realized it's because of the way they're formatting everything. Because it does feel like we're getting some performers more than others and it just has to do with the fact of the way they're spreading things because this week's four performers it was like a halfy because some of them performed last week some of them performed two weeks prior and i think the thingamajig is one of those that has like one of the bigger gaps in between where we haven't heard from them in a bit the truth is they've all performed the same amount especially by next week everyone's performed the same amount so that's why Mm -hmm. that's going on yeah it's hard with this large number of contestants right because they can really only do six per episode max yeah so i think that's probably part of the reason do you do we know do you reckon we're gonna get more than 16 next year or do you think we're gonna stay on 16 next year or do you think we're gonna go back to 12 for season three I could see because it's kind of back to back, maybe going back to 12. It depends. I think because they probably tried to recruit and get people for seasons two and three at similar times. Mm. So then it was like, oh, okay, depending on when, um, when the person could record, it's like, oh, yeah, I want to be on the Mass Singer, but I can't do it over the summer. I can record in the fall, though, or something like that. Maybe that is sort of how they scheduled it, but mm. I don't know. We'll see. I think th- it hasn't filmed yet. It hasn't filmed yet? No, it hasn't filmed yet. Oh, yeah, because I know that. Um, uh, What's it called? I looked into the whole being part of the audience stuff and there's no like listings out yet. They're usually will They will come up. They haven't yet. So I know that that hasn't started filming yet, but also yeah, but maybe they already filmed it. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh. Yeah, hmm. but it'll be interesting because if they did do it that way, then they would have been like they would have had to contact and try and lock down what about 30 people. And that's a lot of people to try and get to be on the show. So. We'll see. Maybe the ratings on this one and like the the fan appearance on this one was strong enough that they get bigger people if they haven't filmed yet. So we'll see. It's going to be premiering right after the Super Bowl. So that's going to be a big premiere anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then last but not least, um, I put this question for last because I think we can have a nice discussion before we get out of here today. Addison asks, does the elimination of the flower prove that entertainment is a much more important factor in who survives than actual singing ability. Yeah, I mean, I think that goes to the whole conversation that we had last week, right? Which was about mm. this concept of sing- pure singing ability and then the actual performance aspect of it. And I think this, although, again, I believe the flower threw it, I think <laughs> it with the flamingo, the fox, and the rottweiler being sort of top contenders, um, I think that really emphasizes the performance aspect because they're all performers. Yes, of course they have very strong singing abilities on top of that, but that's something that they all have in common. And I think, you know, you kind of see the the judges rocking out. You see the audience rocking out. If you can really create a solid engaging performance, I think that's going to help you make it further. Yeah. I think if you have to think and you're like, what reminds me of this performer? You know, you think of the Fox, the Fox, has an ugly baby fox, but also had a dance solo that was really electrifying, had good dancing in the performance, had a great voice, 
hey, look, Ma, I made it. It's stuck in my head ever since that performance. Not going to lie. Um, and then you think about Thingamajig. Thingamajig had personality, still has singing voice. When it came to the flower, I couldn't think of anything, but I believe it's Patti LaBelle. You know, I think that the, but the thingamajig didn't have like a strong performance. I think the thingamajig is one of those examples of such a unique, strong voice and then sort of being a really adorable character that's helping the thingamajig get further. Mm. Um, but, I, you know, I mean, when we start to get closer to the end, I think we'll really get that question answered even further. And I think that um, we haven't gotten thingamajig's performance like this week's performance where they get to have a little bit of back and forth with the judges so i am intrigued to see how that will play out but ultimately i do think again being an all-rounder is by far better than being just an amazing singer you know i know the saying goes never like you know what is it oh it's the ron swanson quote of never half ass one like two things whole ass one thing i think it's the opposite mm-hmm. here i think if you're just good at like three four things it helps it does help well <laughs> yeah being good at lots of things is helpful yeah or <laughs> adequate at multiple yeah but things. i think i mean i think uh, yeah i don't i don't know but yeah i i agree with the comment that i think the performative aspect is more is is starting to become more apparent to me Mm. Um, and he, looking back on it, I mean, I thought that the monster was one of the strongest singers, but also really had a lot of performances too. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have to, I have to imagine that that really factored in. Yeah. I still think I don't, I don't, I can't think of any other performer on the mass singer that has had costume changes and adapted to what their song is going to be for their outfits. Like the monster did. And that I still the Fox did Fox did last week. Oh, with the parachute pants. Yeah. 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 So see, like that's 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 I like that. I like those little little changes and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're really 21 piloting this podcast. (laughs) As in it's been in cruise control or we've hit a lot of turbulence. (laughs) (laughs) No, from earlier. No, I know, but I'm making another Uh, flying joke, Liana. (laughs) Okay, Puya. (laughs) Okay. I'll leave before I get um destroyed by liana the angel boris here as far as where you can find us you can find us www.robhasawebsite.com slash mass singer for the uh, apple podcast feed um you can leave a rating there leave reviews there um it's just fun to be here every week i have fun talking to liana's fun even when she's making these references i appreciate her presence liana where can people find you specifically uh yeah you can find me on on social media at liana boris uh so Mike and I recorded, uh, no. Yeah. Okay. What day is it? Thursday. Okay. So we're recording the B&B this weekend with Matt Hoffman. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited about that. You know, obviously the survivor's still a little right now for me personally. Mm. Um, but I think we're going to get into the lighter side of things. Um, I also have a game that's not necessarily based on the episode, um, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And that's what's happening. All right. And you can find me on social media at Puyaism. I'll be here. Um, not next week because there's no show next week. It would be sad if I was here. Um, oh, wait. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. I, I have one more thing I have to say. Okay. So uh, RuPaul's Drag Race uh, UK, the finale, well, it was actually tonight. I don't watch it yet. No spoilers. Um, uh, but we're going to, uh, Brent Walgamont, uh, myself and Mike Bloom, we're going to try to get together at some point soon. Maybe not this weekend, but maybe next weekend in order to record something that's sort of a summary of the season. So, yes, that's a thing that's happening. Nice. Okay. 
Back at you. Back at you. All right. Well, I, I don't need to talk more about how I have nothing going on. Um, <laughs> but, Aww. you know, happy early Thanksgiving to everyone celebrating next week. And happy Boxing Day to everyone indulging. And happy Cyber Monday to everyone indulging. And on that note, we are going to get all aboard the 21 pilot plane and make our departure. You have all been leopards. We will unmask you next time. Take care, everybody. Bye.